Thanks so much for joining us today. Today's message is, What Will Tomorrow Bring? And it was given by Pastor Nick Davies during our Wednesday evening prayer service on November 11th, 2020. Our Wednesday evening prayer services are a great way to spend time in God's Word and in prayer for one another. If you have any requests you would like us to pray for, we would encourage you to come out at 645 each Wednesday. Our other services are Sunday at 10.30 a.m. and Sunday at 7 p.m. If you have not yet subscribed, please do. And when you do, you will receive a notification each time we post a new message and will always be up to date. We hope this encourages you in your relationship with Christ. And if it does, we would love to connect with you in person sometime. But for now, grab your Bible, open your ears, and let's get into it. Secondly, uh, I want to start off with a little poll. When you go on vacation, all right, get your vacation mind going here. We don't go on vacation here. Uh, we joke about that. But um, when, you, when you go on vacation, two options. Do you plan extensively or do you just go with the flow? And just whatever happens, happens. Uh, if you are a type one person that just plans down to the minute, can you raise your hand if you're willing to admit it? Okay, well, we're outnumbered, guys. Uh, or the other option, you just kind of go with the flow. Raise your hand. All right. It's, yeah. Yes. Um, I, I would love to be a go with the flow kind of person. Whatever happens, happens kind of vacationer, but I am not. I uh, like to have written down where we're going to go, what day we're going to go, what we're going to eat. Um, when, I, when we get to where we're going, what places we're going to eat at. Uh, before Nicole and I went down to New Orleans last year, I spent a great deal of time planning out down to what buses we would take, which places. Uh, we traveled around town like locals. We just hopped on buses, the transit system. But I knew every number of what bus we needed to get on at what time. I even had an app that I downloaded to be able to tell me if I was doing the right thing. And it was great. I loved planning it out. But in some ways, I, I really just want to have that like beach mentality of just like, I want to sit on the beach and do nothing. But I, I just can't. Um, the two of you out there that resonate with that, I, I appreciate you. Um, maybe you don't resonate with that, which is the rest of you. Now, the planning out thing isn't, isn't a bad thing uh, until it is, until you're not actually relaxing, until you're not actually vacationing. However, if we carry the whatever happens, happens kind of mentality over to life, sometimes that can become a bad thing as well. Amen. For me, uh, many times the overextensive planning overflows into my everyday life. Now, I can tell you I'm not the best planner, so it's kind of conflicting. Um, it's not a really enjoyable place to be sometimes. Uh, and I think some of you would resonate with that, uh, especially right now in the middle of these election results being put on hold. Maybe you're asking yourself some questions like, who's going to be in charge? Will my investments be worth as much in the next year or two? Are we going to face recession? What new laws are there going to be? As I sat typing this, this very portion of the message, I received an email for a webinar from my insurance company that said, we're going to be dealing with how election results may impact the financial and healthcare landscapes. 
thought, wow, how fitting that I'm, I, I'm bringing this up and it happened to get an email about it. Maybe you ask yourself, what is God doing right now? And in some ways, these are, these are good questions to ask. Planning your future is not a bad thing. In, in fact, many of these questions that I mentioned today make sense. But ultimately, to sum them up, they all kind of boil down to, to one main question. That question is, what will tomorrow bring? What will tomorrow bring? If we're honest with ourselves, much of our lives, even outside of this very moment that we are in in time, is consumed by questions about the future. What am I going to eat later? That's like 90% of my brain function. What am I going to eat later? I had a roast before I got here, and I'm already thinking, what am I going to snack on when I get home? Just kidding. I would say I'm just kidding, but I, I'm not. Maybe you ask yourself, what am I going to wear in the morning? Um, Nicole likes to lay out her outfits for work the next day. Uh, so she asks herself, what am I going to wear? What are my Thanksgiving plans looking like? All of my family that was planning on hosting Thanksgiving has in some way needed to quarantine themselves due to exposures and things like that. So now they're wondering, I'm wondering, what's my Thanksgiving plan? Ironic that that has to do with food again. We're so consumed by looking forward that many times, not always, but many times, our fixation on the future takes us out of the here and now. Our looking to the future removes us from really what's going on in front of us at this very moment. So I want to start off today with our main passage from Matthew chapter 6. We're going to be looking at verse 24 through 25. Um, and we'll be bouncing around a couple of those verses this evening. So starting out in verse 25 of chapter 6, it says this, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body what ye shall put on. Is not life more than a meal, and the body more than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast it, which today is and morrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for morrow, for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. I got a couple points that I want to bring out of this passage this evening. First off, we are not told that we are not going to have moments that we are going to want to worry about. We're not told, hey, everything's fine, don't worry about it, don't, uh, well, we are told to not worry about it, but there's not, we're not set told there's never going to be a moment where you're not going to be in need. There are going to be moments where we're going to be in need. 
moments where we might be confused, moments where we don't know what tomorrow is going to bring, what, what's my next meal going to be. Jesus instead, in this passage, tells us instead that when we are in moments of need of food, clothing, or drink, not to worry because God knows that we need it. I'm reminded that Jesus even spoke about um, this time of need maybe even going so far as being persecuted eventually for our faith. While we certainly desire peace and part of our responsibility is to be peacemakers, many times when we stand for truth, the world stands against us. When we stand for Jesus, there's always the risk of the world seeing us as a threat, seeing us and persecuting us. Let me read John 15, chapter 20 to you as a reminder of what Jesus spoke on in regards to this. It says, Remember the word that I said unto you, The servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will keep yours also. The comfort through... That, though the comfort, though, is that even in a moment like this, we need not fear. Matthew ten nineteen through twenty says, "But when they deliver you, take no thought how or what ye shall speak, for it shall be given you in that same hour what ye shall speak. For it is not ye that speak, but the Spirit of your Father which speaketh in you." How reassuring is it that in a desperate moment of need and fear, that we do not have to fear, because God is with us and He's going to speak through us. He's going to use us, in fact, in those moments. So even into the deepest extremes of need, facing persecution, or needing food, needing clothing, needing water, our God knows. He knows our needs. The second thing is don't mix up need and want. There's a big difference between need and want. I'm still learning that daily. I will say, and DJ has mentioned this to me before, that when you have a kid, you realize just a little bit more how selfish of a person you are. You realize a little bit more every day because you have to give up so much for your child. Look back at um, verse 32. It says, For after all these things do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. This isn't, you know what, I'd really like... Um, I'd really like a nice truck. And you know what? God's word says, I don't have to worry about tomorrow, so maybe tomorrow I'm going to get a truck. God knows. He's got me. Or, man, I really need a four-wheeler. Hang tight. It's coming. That has, that has nothing to do with what this passage is talking about. Don't confuse God and Santa. Not the same person. Many times, even do it into our adult lives, we get confused between God and Santa. There's a big difference. Jesus even goes far, as far as saying in this verse 25, look back, it says, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor for your body, what shall ye put on? Is not life more than meat in the body, more than raiment? Jesus goes as far as saying, even these things which you, which you need, food, water, shelter, clothing, those things are, are, are necessary for your survival. Isn't life more than even that? Isn't life more than just what you're going to put in your gut the next day? And I kind, of, I, I kind of joke about food. I love food. I love cooking. I love doing those things. But life is more than that. Life is so much more than that. This is where I'm reminded of a passage that I'm going to be sharing with our youth this weekend. Uh, Matthew 10, 28. It says, And fear not them which kill the body, 
but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Jesus says, don't fear people that, or things that can kill your body, your physical body. This is, just, this is just a moment in time. We are just passengers here. This is, our bodies are just instruments to be used by God in other people's lives. It's temporary. Our fear needs to be of God, who is sovereign over all, who has the power over life and death. Place him before the fears that this earth brings. Place him at the forefront of importance. I'm guilty of this. Honest to goodness. We all are. Last week during the initial height of the election, and really we're still in the midst of it, I was stressing a little bit. I I will be honest with you guys. When I thought we were going to get shut down again, I was stressing a little bit. Let Let me confess to you, I'm convicted that I misplaced my all in that moment. I know I've talked about all in here before a few times. My all, my amazement of God and wonder of, of him and only him above all things in fear was rather in those moments of the future. I'm sure many of us experienced a very similar thing. But let me remind you, as I was reminded this week, reading our main passage of what verse 34 says. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Thought in this passage meaning to be anxious about or to dwell upon, to think about it over and over and over again. Let me remind you that if our economy crashes and we have no money, our God's still going to provide. This doesn't change. Our situation does not change Scripture. Scripture can certainly change our situation, though. If there's a famine in the land, God's going to provide. The rivers and the wells dry up, and we're in thirst. God's going to provide. If the candidate that you don't want to be in office gets into office, God's still going to provide. We face persecution for our faith, which truly isn't out of the question. There's many of our brothers and sisters in the world that face it. God's still going to provide. We need not fear because God knows what we need. So our second thing is don't mix up need and want. Know what it is you need. Know what it is you want. God's going to provide what you need. Third thing is God provides in those true moments of need. And looking back to our main passage, Jesus teaches us that in moments of need, God is with us. He knows our needs and he provides for them. Let's look at how this plays out in one of the life of his followers. I'm sure many of you recognize the name Paul. He wrote much of the New Testament. If you would turn over with me to Philippians 4, I'm going to read a familiar passage to many of you. Philippians 4, 11 through 13 says this, Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased and I know how to be abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer and to suffer need. And he makes this declaration that despite what circumstances he is in, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. 
I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Many people use this as a passage. You'll see it on sports days, Sunday, Monday night football, as a way to encourage them to win the game. Like, yes, I can do it because God's with me and I'm going to win this game because of it. But what this passage is talking about is that Paul knew that he could be content in any circumstance through the strength of Christ who dwells in him. How many of us can say that last week, whenever results started coming in, maybe not our way, that we stood strong? I hope you did. If so, good. But if you are now in a moment of anxiety and fear of the future, let this passage be a reminder to you today that God knows our needs. He will provide, and we can be strong by standing in him. And despite being in a season of need, which we all will face, there are times of plenty and times of need, we must learn to be content with the strength of Jesus in us. Why? Because as 1 John 4, 4 says, ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Whatever we face, it doesn't matter. I mean, it matters to us, certainly, but it's not going to overcome us. There is not a thing that can take us out of his hand. So what do we do? Look at verse 33. It says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. What do we need to do? We need to seek godliness in moments of need. Your responsibility is twofold while being in moments of need. While you might face moments where the next few minutes, hours, days, weeks, months, years seem uncertain, there's two things the scripture says we ought to do. And the first thing is be obedient, as we saw in verse 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. I want to read a quote from uh, one of the uh, many uh, commentaries that I use. It's kind of a lengthy quote, but I thought it summed up this idea of being obedient and, and, and commenting on verse 33 better than I could say. So here's what it said. It says, if our life is not preoccupied with fretting over basic needs, what is our concern to be? The answer is his kingdom and his righteousness. Those two terms are almost synonymous. God's kingdom means his sovereign rule in heaven and on earth, most particularly in and through the life of the individual believer. To seek his kingdom is to seek to ensure that his righteousness is done in heaven, on earth, and most particularly in and through our lives. We are to seek first God's kingdom, not our kingdom, not our kingdom, and his righteousness. Everything starts here. This is to be our consuming priority. So it is important to remind ourselves of some basic kingdom realities. The gospel. We are called to remind ourselves of the gospel daily, of what Jesus has done for us, Because when we remember the entirety of the gospel daily, we can't help but share it with people. We can't help but be thankful despite the circumstances because the gospel tells us we don't have to worry about this life. That this is just a breath. It's passing away. The things that we do here are are vitally important. But it is passing away. Luke 6.45 says, A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good. And an evil man out of evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaketh. 
in relation to these two things, let me ask you a couple questions. What is your heart set on right now? What is your heart set on in this moment? What did your mind immediately jump to? What are you convicted of? In that spot of your heart that maybe you feel convicted of is where you need to let God do the work in your life right now. What fruit are you producing? Is it God-honoring? Is it distracting from God's kingdom? Is it his righteousness? Are you being obedient to seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness? That's our first call in time of need. And the second thing, I love that, by the way. There is not a sound in this world that is sweeter than his laugh. Except at 3 a.m. The second thing is pray. In moments of worry, take your burdens to the one who is sovereign over all. In moments of an unknown future, which, let me remind you, we don't know the future at all. Many times we think we get it. I've been there. I, we, we do it all the time, whether we realize it or not. We think we know what's coming next, but really we don't know. Life can change in an instant. So in the moments of unknown future, which really is all the time, take your burdens to Jesus. Let me read to you Philippians 4, 6 through 7, another passage from Philippians. It says, Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth, passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I hope you're praying. I hope you're praying. I'm thankful that you are here tonight to do that very thing, to lift up your burdens before God. We may not know what tomorrow holds, and I think somebody else said this far before me, so I certainly can't take credit for this. We may not know what tomorrow holds, but we know who holds tomorrow. We don't know what tomorrow holds. There is certainty that we don't know what tomorrow holds, because I don't know about you, but I've had surprises. And we continue to have surprises to the day we die. In fact, we don't even know when that day is going to be. So we don't know what tomorrow is going to hold. But we know who our king is. And we know that our king is above all. other. He is king of kings. So here's my final reminder. Spend time in prayer submitting to him. Humbly casting your worries about tomorrow before him. Knowing He's going to provide. He, he loves you. He cares for you. If, if even evil people give to their children, our good God is going to give to us. He's going to provide food, water, clothing. Whatever we need, he is, he, he is giving it to us. He's a good God. He loves you. Not only does he provide food, water, clothing, shelter, not only does he know those needs, but he went so far as providing his son to us. Amen. How good is that? If he went so far as to provide for us his own son, his own son's blood to cover our sins, how much more is, is food and clothing is nothing in light of that? That's why he says, is, it, is life more than that? Certainly it is. Certainly it is. Let's finish up and uh, we'll get into our prayer service for this evening. Lord God, you are such a good God. Lord, you, 
you don't leave us. You don't abandon us. Lord, despite what we have done while we were sinners, while we were even estranged from you, Lord God, you sent Jesus for us. You provided everything we needed in him. Lord, I, I, I can't even I can't even wrap my mind around it this evening, Lord. How how amazing of a gift your son Jesus was to me, and yet so many times I take and I worry about things I over which I have no control. Lord God, you are a good God that not only knows the future, but is in control. Lord God, you are sovereign. You are a good God that loves us. Lord, may we lean into that truth this evening and be reminded that we do not have to worry about tomorrow because you hold us in your hand. And despite what tomorrow brings, one day we're going to be spending an eternity before you. Lord, and we're going to be rejoicing at the goodness of you, our Savior. Lord, I just pray for tonight that what we say and do in here would be honoring to you. And Lord, I just thank you for the opportunity that we have to gather and share requests and let them be made known before you. Ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. That's all for today. I hope this has made a positive impact in your relationship with Jesus. If it has, please give us a five-star rating on whatever platform you listen on and share it with a friend so others might be encouraged as well. If you have never accepted Christ as your Savior and would like to know how, give one of our pastors a call at 301-724-5876. We would love nothing more than to hear from you. We hope to see you soon, and until next time, stay faithful.